My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today I am talking with Melissa Monte of Mind Love. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm doing great. You know, Good. it's a busy day. It's Giving Tuesday, my husband's biggest day of the year because he works with nonprofits. So we've all kind of been scrambling. But feeling good. It's going better than expected. <laughs> good. That's awesome. That's always a good way to look at it. It's like, well, it's going to be stressful. Things are going to happen, but it's going to just unfold the way it should. I think that's a great way to look at things. <laughs> Definitely. We've been diving back into the book Psycho-Cybernetics, which is one of my still favorite books, just about finding your motivation and, and all of that. And it's just funny how often we spend worrying and which is really just imagining the worst case scenario. <laughs> and so it does take conscious effort, but sitting back and being like, no, people are going to meet their goals faster than expected. I'm going to get an email that says this. And it's, it's funny because everything that my husband and I went through and visualized last night already has happened so far. And I was like, I told you. So love it's it. working. I love that. Yeah. When we're open to things just working out, they tend to, it's, uh, you know, like they say, what, what we resist persists. And what we worry about, it's almost like negative prayer. You know, you're kind of like yeah. asking for the negative without meaning to. So that's cool to, that's cool to hear, especially when you're doing good works for other people. For yeah, sure. Very cool. So um, tell us a little bit about Mind Love. What, what do you do within the company? Uh, how do you serve and uh, share your light with the world? Well, Mind Love started as just a podcast. Well, I guess it started as just a dream. It was the way I was helping myself, all of the things that I was learning that I had spent the last close to a decade exploring to heal myself and to overcome the challenges that I had faced, especially in my teens and 20s. I just had all of this wisdom. And so I didn't realize that about myself until I started to get really intentional about this. And I remember being in my late 20s and thinking that I just sort of felt lost despite all the work that I had done. I had a a job that paid well. I liked where I lived, but there was something missing and I didn't really know what it was, but intuitively I could feel that I was missing a purpose. I was living for other people's dreams and that is some people's purpose, but for me I felt like I was called to do more. I I knew I had something inside of me to give and so I got really intentional finally about figuring that purpose out. And I had read probably a hundred books by then that left seedlings of how to find this purpose, how to find what you're meant for. But I was also one of those people that was just in kind of the consuming mode. I would read a book and then go to the next book and then go to the next book. And, and I was listening to them on like 2X or 3X sometimes on <laughs> Audible and while reading another one. And 
and I didn't leave a lot of time to integrate. And so when I finally hit this point of being like, okay, well, something's still missing despite all this work that I've done, I just had this crazy idea to go and actually do all of the activities in these books that I was reading, like at the end of the chapter, here's a journaling activity or, or find your values here. And so when I started to do that, I, I did about five things that were really, really helpful. And one of them was asking myself self-reflect, self-reflective questions like, well, when people come to me for help, what, what are we often talking about? When I'm talking to people and I can't shut myself up, what am I excited about? What am I endlessly curious about? Of all the books that I'm reading and all of the books on my wish list, which ones can I not wait to dive into? And so that part, then also looking at, well, what does my perfect day actually look like? How do I want to spend my days working and serving? And then also writing a letter to people around me and actually sourcing their answers. So I wrote letters to 11 different people that I knew from different areas of my life, including an old coworker, a roommate, old roommates, my mom, an ex-boyfriend. And I asked, I, I kind of put the blame on this project I was doing. I said, hey, I'm taking this entrepreneurship course and they're challenging me to find my superpower. <laughs> if I had one superpower, what would you say that it was? And so I got all of these really interesting answers that I didn't really see in myself. And one of the main ones was that I was good at bringing information from many different fields and finding the commonalities and explaining it to people in a way that they could understand. And so by the time I was done doing all of these little activities, I started to see myself in a different way, which took a lot because uh, I, in my twenties, I really started to view myself as broken. And yes, I was healing, but I still kind of saw myself as this shattered being that I was putting back together. And yes, there was beauty in that and I could see the light in that, but I didn't really see myself as valuable or as someone who could give a lot of value. And these activities helped me sort of bring in things that I already knew. And, I, and so it wasn't like a whole remake of my self-image. I was like, wait, I do think this, I do think this, why am I brushing that off as not important? And so when I had it all there in front of me, I started to get the idea of what I wanted to do and continued with the questions like, well, how do I serve this information? I could always talk myself out of being on video. I could get in my head too much when I was writing, but I could talk endlessly. <laughs> so podcast it was. And as it seems to be the moment that I really made the decision and told my husband, this is what I'm meant to do. I think I need to start a podcast. The very next day, my one of my virtual mentors was Pat Flynn. I listened to his podcast to get business ideas. He sent out an email that he was launching his very first podcast course. And so I was all in by that time. I didn't have a lot of money, so I had to put it all on a credit card, but I just kind of dove head first. And that was the beginning of Mind Love. I launched just a little over a month later. And within six months, actually within three months, I quit my job. And within six months, I was actually making money off of it. And uh, it, that was really the jump start of a whole new life for me. That's beautiful. I love that. And just following the breadcrumbs, the intuitive breadcrumbs to what feels right for you. That's the most important thing. I think people need to think about when they're following their calling, that it doesn't have to be 
what everyone else is doing. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's simply what feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think when I first started reading things like the secret, I was expecting things to fall into my lap, you know, and the, <laughs> I call and, that the commercial for manifestation. It's like, yes. it's just the commercial. It's not the whole story. <laughs> and honestly, some of those things have happened where a, a beautiful opportunity opens up, but I found that it only happens when I'm meeting it with action. I'm putting yes. myself out there with the opportunity. Yes. And mm -hmm. so it was important to me to, the big key that I had to do was actually go back and do all of those exercises, you know, like <laughs> put the doing out there so I could get the inspiration. But the inspiration for me was, hey, maybe you should go do some of that, <laughs> those exercises. <laughs> and then realizing that I don't need to have it all figured out. I just need to know the very next step. And once I actually take action on that, then usually the step after that is laid out for me. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you said it started with a podcast. So is there, are there other things you do with mind love? Yeah. About a year in, I launched my first digital course and then now I have a membership as well. And so people pay monthly to get additional episodes, meditations, things like that. Um, and it also launched my public speaking career. So that was part of the inspiration for starting the podcast one of my bigger goals is I've always wanted to be on stages and speak. And I asked myself, what can I do now that requires no one else's permission so that I can start to hone these skills? And so podcast, a podcast wasn't even the big goal. It was one of the steps that was going to get me there. And so I like to really align my life as much as possible. It's kind of like how, you know, when people really want to get into working out. So they make that their whole job. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you work as a trainer at a gym, it's really hard to lose that, that mm -hmm. goal. And so mm -hmm. I did the same thing with, with speaking. And, and so I'm constantly figuring out ways, how can I practice my writing, writing speeches and, and doing speeches? And how can I integrate that in a way that's creating value as I'm doing it so that I'm not, I don't feel like this is all just, hundred hours of practice with nowhere to go. So I try to repurpose the things that I'm doing to, that are the stepping stones along the way to the bigger goal. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Making it part of your, yeah, just part of who you are. And that's, that's what makes following a calling like yours easy ish. I'm sure you have your hard days, but it's when it's, it's just, you embody it and you walk through each day knowing that this is what I'm all about. And then you show up for it. I mean, that sounds amazing. And so your why, like why you started this is a very interesting story. And, and maybe it's, you know, even something you shared with me before the call um, is even predates your why, but you mentioned um, in your past, some difficult situations and relationships that kind of led you to the empowerment that you feel today. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I didn't, I grew up with a a great life. There wasn't a whole lot that went wrong until I was about 15. Yes, my parents divorced, but it was all I really knew. <laughs> I didn't remember the divorce. And, and so I, I always kind of liked them being divorced. <laughs> but when I was 15, I was sexually assaulted for the first time. And I did not realize how much that affected my self-worth at all. I actually thought that the strength, the strong thing to do would be to just not feel it. I remember actually saying to people, I don't understand why people let this ruin their lives. And so from the outside, I still looked like this happy girl. But 
one thing that really changed and I don't even think it was the first seed of this, but I got my self-worth from the outside. So if somebody told me something was wrong with me or something was wrong with my looks, in my mind, those are just things I had to change to feel worthy or to be worthy rather than, oh, that's about them and not, not about me. And so when I was sexually assaulted, that was just instilled in me even more. And I really felt that my value was more physical and I didn't realize that until probably about 10 years later. I ended up being sexually assaulted again a couple of years later. My dad died, a close friend committed suicide all right around graduating high school. And so that's what I was dealing with when I went into college. My dad officially, well, he was diagnosed with cancer right before college, died when I was in college and I just started spiraling. And so I went from this high achieving straight a student in all honors classes to doing whatever i could to not go to class i still got pretty good grades but my heart just wasn't in it my mind wasn't in it and when i left college i moved around a little bit i got a job in texas moved back ended up meeting a guy and honestly when i met him i felt like it was too good to be true our very first date he gave mm. me this big gemstone ring worth thousands of dollars we suddenly started like living out of hotels he was always staying in these suites drove a mercedes-benz and so in my mind i was like i hit the jackpot here and he was fun too you know he was he made me laugh he didn't really seem to allow a lot of things to bother him well it was over about a year's time that I just found out one thing after the other. And first, his dad died the weekend I met him. And so that really laid the foundation because in my mind, I thought, I'm gonna love you like I didn't feel loved when this was happening to me. I'm going to have compassion for the things that you're going through like I didn't feel understood when things were happening to me because I got a lot of comments from my mom and like, you're gonna have to get over this eventually. Like, why are you letting this affect you? And the more I heard comments like that, the more I just kind of sunk into my own spiral thinking no one will ever understand. And so I found out he was cheating on me. He of course did the whole dramatic apologizing thing, which felt good for somebody in my <laughs> state of self-worth. And, and I ended up uh, thinking that those were the two big problems, you know, his, his grief over his dad dying and then also the cheating. So that's all I could really see. It took me a while to see the signs that were right in front of me that he was also addicted to meth, addicted to gambling, an alcoholic, which that didn't bother me so much because I was drinking <laughs> too much at that time as well. And I ended up finally going to Hawaii for a month because my friend moved there. And I was just trying to like get my stuff together. I, I felt like I was just broken inside again. And so I was there and I, I kind of got my life together again. I was running again, eating healthy, surrounding myself with good people. And then when I got back, I just felt that old familiar pull. And I got a call from him and I was right back to where I started. And it was about a week later that we were driving to lunch and we got arrested. And I just thought we were getting pulled over for like a broken taillight or something. I had no idea because nothing had gone wrong. It was like middle of the afternoon. And 
and they made us get out of the car. And I just remember the, the cop opening the trunk and there were cases of stolen jewelry. Well, I didn't know that this jewelry was stolen. He had so many pieces that looked exactly the same, this gaudy jewelry. There ended up being a whole story to that. He basically had robbed one very old, poor old man uh, of all of this stuff, probably his life's work. He used to sell it at a, a little flea market. And so that's why he had all of this. And he had this whole story to go with it. He used to sell jewelry with his dad. I was helping him sell this online. I could literally hold gold and tell you how much it weighed <laughs> at this time. And, and so I just had no idea, but then there was this big bag and it was all of these lock boxes that are usually on homes that are for sale. And so I ended up finding out the truth in the next few weeks, especially when he went to rehab and started coming clean with things as part of his making amends. And turns out he and his dad never had a jewelry business. He had been robbing houses. He did steal all of that from one person, which is why it all looked the same. And he used to do loans with his dad. And so he had all the MLS reports. So for realtors, seeing, oh, this person still lives here, but they work from nine to five, so they won't be home. That's a good time to show the house or they don't live there anymore. So show the house at any time. So he knew when people were gonna be home or when they weren't going to be home and he would just take bolt cutters and go clip the lock box, bring it back to his Mercedes Benz. He was always dressed nice. None of this looked suspicious. He'd get a screwdriver, the key would fall out and he'd just walk in with the key and take the jewelry. Well, as his meth ad addiction, increased he started to get sloppier and he started to trade for meth with his drug dealer and have his drug dealer meet him there too and his drug dealer would be taking the tvs that's when people started to catch on and so i didn't realize he was basically under surveillance during this time that i had gotten back and now i'm there he also watched my dog while i was gone and so he'd sometimes sleep in these houses that no one would live in and my dog was there and so this just ended up being the beginning of the next two years of kind of hell for me dealing with court cases that kept getting pushed back and and paying for an attorney out of pocket while he had like a $50,000 attorney. Mine never showed up. And long story short, I was basically being counseled by his mom and his attorney who wanted the best for him. And because our cases were together, if I decided to go to trial to prove my innocence, then he had to go to trial too. And it would have been easy for me to prove my innocence because there were two eyewitness reports and both of them were when I was in Hawaii because he was cheating on me with some blonde girl, but he had my dog. So all they knew was a blonde girl with my dog. They thought it was me. And, uh, and so I didn't take it to trial on the counsel of his, his attorney and ended up taking a felony deal so that he could take a deal and not have any jail time which still blows my mind that he had no jail time just time served in rehab and so i ended up moving to la to get away from him he followed me he still kind of made my life hell for the next year Bru threw a brick through my windshield would show up at places that i was but he finally got arrested for another string of robberies and in that moment i decided that I am finally free and I need to do something with this. And so that's when I got really determined to change my life and not to allow the influence of other people 
to have such a hand in the direction that I'm going. And so it was hard because I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to find my values from the inside out. I didn't know how to, I didn't even really know what I liked at that time. It was more about what was cool or what other people liked. And so there was a lot of work to be done and it was a very slow process. I think a lot of people think there's a rock bottom and then you just kind of flip around. No, it was one small good decision combined with 90 bad decisions over time where eventually I could look back and see that my whole life was different. And so that was really the inspiration for why I needed to heal. There were a lot of different areas that I needed to heal due to this experience, but uh, I learned a lot and I have oscillated between regretting that time. And, and, you know, even now I can have my moments of pity and be like, well, I just wasted so much time, but I know that that was meant for me and it made me so compassionate for what other people go through and different types of struggles. And one of the odd kind of details of it was in the very beginning of our relationship, he gave me the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is mm. so out of character for him. I never saw him read anything. Don't know why he gave it to me, but it was one of the reasons why I liked him so much. Cause I'm like, Oh, this guy's different. <laughs> mm. And so at first I'm like, wow, what a manipulative thing to do. But it took me, I think I realized this, I had an aha moment just a couple years ago that I feel like that was the seed from the universe where it's like, you know, I'm about to take, have a big hand in the destruction of your life, but I'm going to give you this seed because that's going to be one of the things that helps you out. And that was the first book that I reread when I was rebuilding my life. And it just kind of led to the next one and the next one, and then the next good decision and the next good decision. And so as much as a part of me wishes I never met that man, another part of me is really thankful for him because I don't think I would be who I am today without that whole experience. Mm, yeah, I, I hear you. That's that's one of those soul contract relationships that, you know, <laughs> you came together to really shift one another, you know, who knows what's going on with him. That's his his path now, but he came in to teach you that. And that's uh, that's really amazing that you can see it that way because that's a lot to go through. You know, there, there's a choice we have in those moments to, to go down that path of the victim and stay there or to, to use that, that kind of pain into fodder for the fire that helps us shine our lights into the world. Um, and it sounds like you took that second path. I had this really intense meditation experience about six months ago, and I was just having one of those moments because it does pop up every now and then, you know, where... I can see where other people are, what they built during that time. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was still in destruction mode. Building didn't start until years later. But when I feel that way, I, I used to sink into it. And now I, I have my tools to kind of pull myself out. So I went into meditation and was just asking like, well, what is here for me? What do I need to know right now? And I ended up having this pretty intense experience where it felt like I was speaking to his soul and it was like our souls met at the originating ground, which for some reason is always this cave for me, whether it's ayahuasca or in meditation, there's this cave, with the fire pit. And I was saying thank you to him. And we we're having this conversation where I was acknowledging, I'm like, you made the agreement to come down here and live that life. I thought mine was bad. That that was difficult, you know, and and to recognize that 
you know, the flaws and the mistakes that people make are not them at their soul level. It's not their highest self. And if we can actually look through the, the caricature that we kind of make people into, we were talking earlier about kind of replaying our worries and, and really just realizing that we're manifesting the worst case scenario. And I think that we do that with people as well, because we sit there and we replay their flaws and their missteps or their habits and their tendencies. And then they just become like this character and we make them a caricature of themselves. And it's, we don't see the whole picture of who they are. And I think the biggest gift that we can ever give someone is to be willing to see them beyond what just their patterns are in this moment. Because in doing that, it allows them to expand beyond what they think they're stuck in. And so, yes, I'm, I'm not willing at this point to do that in person with him, <laughs> but I don't think that's always needed. You know, we, we have so much power in the energetic sphere. And, and so I was able to sort of have this healing moment where it just felt like a resolution or closure, acknowledging that there could be a lot more to him than I never allowed myself to see. And to just see that in that moment and, and thank him for his work here in my life was, was like another step to healing that I didn't even realize was accessible. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely beautiful. And that's what frees you from, from that uh, resentment or that uh, vengeance, anything that might last because of that. So absolutely right track to be on. It sounds amazing. And so fast forward to today, and we don't have a whole lot of time left, but what would you say your major successes have been in overcoming some of those things and what still challenges you? Well, I'm knee deep into new motherhood. I'm pregnant. I have a 20 month old. I would say that that has brought up a lot of the areas that I still need to heal, improve. I There's multiple words that kind of come up, but it's basically a reflection for me on, on the areas that could still use some of that little, little bits of mind love. But I would say that when I first started this journey, I thought that it was going to be more of a destination. You know, I, I thought that I was going to get to this place where I'm like, okay, none of that affects me anymore. And there's a little bit of truth to that. The same things don't affect me, but certain situations can make me feel like I've had, I've done no work. <laughs> I was just posting on Instagram about it's a, I believe it's a Ram Das quote. Uh, if you think you're enlightened, spend a weekend with your family or something. And so there's certain people where all of a sudden I feel like that little girl, the inner child comes out. But what I found comes up the most often is still just the self-doubt. It's still juggling between the image that I've created now and the image that I held for so long. And so when I'm in these my lower energy, as I like to put it, or the personality self. I can still get to those moments where all of a sudden I feel sorry for myself or I feel like I've wasted time or I feel like I could have done something better. And then I just realized that all I'm doing is wasting energy. <laughs> like just thinking about that, giving, giving it my time and my space is giving it energy and it just makes those thoughts even bigger. And so what I'm getting better at is rerouting sooner rather than having it be like a couple days slump. <laughs> now it's like, a deep hour. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, let me go, <laughs> let me go use my tools. And so it's not the destination for me. It's, 
it's acquiring enough tools or enough understanding of mindset shifts, energetic shifts that I can pull myself out much sooner than I did before. And in combination with that, I think what the next step to that is that I I still work on now is the compassion for those lower times. <laughs> Whereas I used to be like, oh, I should be over this by now, or I knew what to do to get myself out. Why did I sit there for so long? Whether it takes an hour, whether I let it take a week, whatever it is, I just give myself compassion. I give my, that's the whole uh, premise of mind love. Give my mind a little love. It's its the constant flow of positive energy when we know that our minds have this negativity bias. And so it's not fault of my own. It's not that I haven't done enough work. It's not that I'll never get there. It's that we're literally wired to focus on the negative for our survival. And so we have to know that it's going to take constant love and intention and work to be consistently negating that negativity bias. And so understanding that, understanding my wiring, just understanding my mind and body more, it's a lot easier to give that compassion and that love to myself because I'm not placing blame at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I pulled a few cards for you about that as well, if you don't mind me sharing yes. uh, on air. Awesome. Yeah. So looking at where you're at now with, with all you've been through, it's you're on the path of, you know, this, this term's an older term, and I don't know if you identify with it, but the light worker, the light, the luminous warrior, you know, coming, you know, that you have a, a purpose here and it's, it's to come and, and, and not only help people be happier, help them be more who they really are, bring more authenticity to the world. And with that, what you're coming out of in the past is taming your own thoughts and learning to get your mind quiet so that you can allow that vision from your intuition to rise up and lead you into this healing work, because it is healing work, whether you're doing a podcast or online courses, or you're working one-on-one -on -one with people, there's so many different ways to bring healing to the world. <clears throat> so I see you're coming out of a time when that was, was fresh and that the vision really came. Um, and now moving into that self-doubt does cause you to, to dim your light a little bit and maybe be a little bit too hard on yourself when you feel you're coming around to the same challenges. So remember, you know, it's a spiral dance. We feel like we're going backwards, even when we're always going up. And, and that's something that uh, comes up for you in this path of the luminous warrior and to sort of, it's like you're learning day by day right now that it is a lifelong situation. It's a lifelong path, if not lives, lifetimes long. Um, but you are going to be seeing through some illusions that you've been wanting to see through uh, coming up in the next few months. Um, and it's all about not uh, like knowing that there is a lot of change right now, listening to your inner peace and not worrying about timing of everything or worrying about getting things done, like pressing your, your energy levels to, to too much of a degree. Um, just know that since this path is a lifetime one, there will be time for everything. And the more that you can listen to that inner self that says, sometimes you just need to let it go, let it cook, let it marinate, come back, you know, take care of these other things. There's a lot in your vision and a lot in your wishes for your life that are coming to fruition. But sometimes, again, we have to put some things in the back burner whilst other things come into manifestation. 
So that may be a little bit of a challenge, but if you listen and let it be a peaceful kind of releasing time, it doesn't have to be challenging at all. Does that make Needed sense? to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for this baby. <laughs> There's a yes. lot, a lot coming up. So yes, <laughs> yes to all of that. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you for allowing me to share that because that's my favorite thing to do. And, uh, and I see that it's just, it's really going to be cool to see where you go with my love and, and how many you serve and what you do with it. So, um, if people want to find you, where can they, uh, where can they find you online? My website is mindlove.com. Also my podcast mind love is on any of your favorite podcast players. So just search mind love two words. And I also have a it's like a daily oracle from your highest self that I call the morning mind love that comes every weekday morning. So for if people want to get that, it's just about five lines of inspiration. Like I said, kind of like reading your, your horoscope, but from that higher version of yourself. And you can sign up for that right on the homepage of mindlove.com or text the word morning to 33777. Oh, I love that. Very cool. All right, guys, check her out. Uh, check out Melissa Monte with mind love. And um, thank you so much for being here today, Melissa. I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.